Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We've been doing the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. Let's do that again. This is out of the New King James, which messes everybody up, but we'll do it anyway. In this manner, therefore, pray. You won't pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've talked about how you can pray that prayer, obviously, verbatim, or you can pray it as a pattern. Last week, we talked about lead us not to temptation. Actually, we talked about that lead us away from temptation. God's not the one who tempts us. Temptation is the solicitation to sin. It's not God who's who's trying to get you to sin. He's not the one leading you into a path where you could sin. And, uh, you know, maybe if you... uh, if you, for example, had a problem with alcohol and you drive past your, the club that you used to go to, it's not the Lord leading you there. He's, he's not going to lead you in there to, to tempt you or to, or to prove you in that area. And so I always tell people, especially when you first come out of an area or a problem, to stay away from that area. And, you know, the best way to do it is if you don't have, it's kind of like dieting. If you, if you don't have Oreos in the house, it's easy not to eat them. And so if you just don't have some of the temptation around, and so you say, well, you know, Alan, all my buddies and all my friends, man, they're, they're party people and they're, man, they're always smoking weed. And, and so then you might have to go drastic on them. And so next time they smoke weed, you just want to go, praise God, I want to thank you, Lord, that you have delivered me from weed. They won't invite you back. They, uh, that, uh, that, that will be it. My, my pastor uh, is John Osteen. He's in heaven now. <clears throat> He's fiery. He was a fiery guy. And uh, he went to get a car one time, buy a car. And uh, a, a salesman gave him what they call a walking number. So he gave him a number that's ridiculous. And when he came back, he, uh, John Osteen came back to buy the car and he handed the sales manager the, the uh, card. He said, I want to buy the car at that price. And the sales manager says, big guy's chomping on the cigar and he starts cussing, man. He's cussing and he's taking God's name in vain and he's just cussing up a storm about how he's not going to do this and GD this and GD. Pastor Osteen finally had enough. He said, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the guy just shut up. He said, what are you doing? He said, if you're going to cuss him, I'm going to praise him equal time. <laughs> And then he bought the car at that price. <laughs> Love that. So lead us not to temptation. I want to talk to, Ben, we talked about the fact that the Lord is there to help us when we're tempted. Don't be embarrassed when you're tempted. Just go to the Lord for help when you're tempted. And we have someone who understands. The Bible said Jesus was tempted in all points like we are. He didn't sin. He was yet without sin. And so when you sin or when you're tempted to sin, it's not, it's not 
a sin to be tempted. Just don't give in. You say, well, how do I not give in? Well, one, if you can stay away from it, that's the best thing. But if you need help, the Bible said, let's come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. That's taken in context. That means, Lord, I have, this is such a temptation. This is such a problem for me. I need mercy and grace. And instead of rejecting us, he's going to help us. So when we're tempted, we don't run away from God. We run to him. Amen. And that's what helps us. So a lot of times people are like, well, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell God that I have this problem. <laughs> I, this is, you're not going to surprise him. He, he's not going to go, oh my, really? Oh me, I can't believe that, that you have this. It's not going to surprise him. He's not surprised. So let's talk tonight about the second part because this is something, and, and I always love teaching a subject because I always learn when I teach. If you ever want to learn something really good, teach it. Because it will, make, it will, it will, you got to study it to teach it. But as I was studying this, I realized this is an area that I am going to, to pick up in my prayer life because he said, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I, I think a lot of times we've gotten away from, from recognizing that we live in an evil environment and we need deliverance from it. And so it's just pretty easy to kind of go along until all of a sudden all hell busts loose. And then you're thinking, oh man, I, I need deliverance. So let's talk a little about, about deliverance. If you'll notice in the New King James Version, it says deliver us from the evil one. So let's talk a little bit about that. We need to recognize the source of evil. We have an adversary. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. That's, um, this is an interesting verse. Peter's the one that wrote it. And Peter is talking about the fact that we have an adversary. Now, I was looking at different polls uh, that, are, that are done with Americans and American Christians, about 44% of the American Christians don't believe that there is an actual Satan. They believe that he is a symbol of evil, but that he doesn't actually exist as a person, as a, as a personality, as a, as a being. And the challenge with that is, is because you really have to eliminate a large part of the Bible to, to say that he's not, that's not real. And if you understand that we have an adversary and he is evil and it is Satan, then it starts to make more sense where a lot of the evil comes from. So I hate it when something bad happens and people are like, well, that was, that was you know, that was an act of God. Well, there's the devil. He's an adversary. You say, well, you know, we live in a very, very cultured, very intelligent society. Yeah, we do. We also live in a spiritual realm. And there's a realm beyond what we can see and feel and touch. And when we understand that there's a realm beyond what we can see and feel and touch, then it begins to make more sense. Here's another thing. If, if Satan was some symbol of evil, then who was Jesus talking to after 40 days in the wilderness? A symbol? No, he was talking. All the New Testament writers mention Satan. All of them mention. Now, I know Satan has been portrayed as uh, pitchforks, horns. I know that 
all the demonic forces. Hollywood loves to make demonic forces look like they're these incredible, powerful things that just scare the living daylights out of everybody. But the bottom line is, we need to understand that there is a source of evil. I was looking at some statistics the other day, and I was shocked to see this one. In 1990, 73% of Americans believed in a biblical view of God. 30 years later, it's 51%. It's a huge drop. And so it, it, it bothered me. I started thinking, Lord, why in the world? Why such a huge drop? And we've seen that. We'll be 27 years old in June as a church. And I have seen the environment change dramatically in that time frame. But stop and think about what happened. And, and, and the reason I'm going with this is when people talk about a devil, they, they think, oh, the devil's going to show up like, ah, I'm the devil, pitchfork, red, you know, horns. It's like, but that's really not how he shows up. How he shows up often is in thoughts where he attacks your thoughts. I was talking with a young man just recently and he was, and he was perturbed. He was like, man, I'm trying, pastor, and I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying, but I've got all these thoughts and these, these doubtful thoughts are coming at my mind. And this is where we won't realize this is exactly what the enemy tries to do. He doesn't devour us by just coming and, and going, I'm the devil, I'm going to devour you. He's looking for someone he may devour, but because we've been delivered from his kingdom, he may not devour us. We have to resist him. We'll say, well, how are we going to resist him? We have to resist the thoughts that come our way. And some of the prevailing thoughts right now is there is no God. This isn't real. And, and those thoughts are, are coming at us. I started, I started thinking about something else, though. The past 30 years, 1990, the poll was taken, this, uh, was taken in 2020. In 1990, um, Joy and I had just moved back from trying to start a church in my hometown. And cell phones were just starting to come in. So I want you to think with me, what's happened over the past 30 years? Cell phones had just started to come in. In 1991, I got a cell phone. Actually, it was a bag phone. <laughs> How many of you know, don't even know what a bag phone is? Yeah. yeah. A bag phone was about this big, and it was a bag, and you, and you carried it around. It had a full-size handset on it. I was in outside sales. You plugged it into your, to your lighter, and you, and, you listened, and you talked on the phone. And uh, being in outside sales and driving in Houston traffic, it was wonderful because I, I got caught up. But I was an early on, and then cell phones came out. And they were big, handheld cell phones. They had one about this big. It was made by Motorola. It had an antenna that went up like that. <laughs> Women used it to ward off attackers when they would go. <laughs> Try that with your iPhone. That won't work now, but, but back then. And so cell phones were just now start, just starting to come in. What's changed so dramatically over the past few years is the fact that now for most people, the reality is what they hold in their hand. And that's the biggest reality in their life. Have you ever noticed that even as Americans right now, and I'm, I'm, listen, please, don't think, oh, he's going to go on a, a technology rant. I'm a technology buff. I have multiple iPads, have an iPhone, I have a, a Mac a laptop. I'm in the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> I like it. I like technology. But I also realize what's happened is we have no downtime. 
You ever notice people, if, if, I've done it too. I had to go take Boudreaux in to see the vet again today. <laughs> but I took my phone in because I had to wait. How many of you know we just can't wait anymore? You ever notice people don't wait? They just look. You say, well, where are you going with this? I mean, what has this got to do with the devil? Glad you asked. <laughs> I think, right, I think what's happened to us is we've become even more distracted than ever. And Jesus said in Mark, the fourth chapter, these are the ones sown among thorns and they're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. What's happened is we've been choking out God's word because we have no time, no thinking time. It's so easy. And listen, I know it is. It's so, let me tell you something. It's easier to watch YouTube than it is to read this. Yeah. Honestly, yes. yes. Because YouTube, or, or, or just get on the internet and, and look, it's become so much easier. And it's a distraction. The, uh, now, you don't have to go to the mall to shop. You can shop at home, right from, the, right from your, say, oh, are you going to get on shopping? No, I'm not going to get on shopping. <laughs> but you can shop a lot more. And how many know you can look up and all of a sudden you've spent two hours? Mm -hmm. Pornography? You used to have to go to an adult bookstore. You didn't want to go to an adult bookstore. It was embarrassing. Now you've got one in your living room. Yeah. And so all of these things have become a distraction. When we take the kids, we used to take the kids to a, a retreat and um, we're talking about the, uh, the youth and we would take their cell phones. They couldn't bring cell phones. You know who we got the most pushback from? Parents. Parents didn't want their kids to be without the cell phone. But you know what, the, what happened with these kids? We just took them away from their cell phones for a weekend and God can talk to them. How many of you have ever been on a retreat where they made you check your cell phone at the thing? And what happens is, so am I advocating getting rid of cell phones and, and just going off the internet? No, I'm advocating it's an area that we need to fast and an area that we need to be disciplined in because it's such a distraction that what happens is that then that becomes the biggest reality in our life. For the, anybody been following what's been going on with artificial intelligence? Guys, I'm telling you, that's some scary stuff. <coughs> and it's scary stuff because it's going to, and I'm thinking about maybe not my generation, but I'm thinking about my grandkids. They're going to grow up with AI. With, why pray when you can ask AI and they'll start to tell you what to do, who to marry, who to pick. It'll, they will even do chats for you if you don't know how to talk with the opposite sex. AI will, will flirt for you. Some of it is cringeworthy, but it'll, it'll help you do it. So why, why is this a problem? Because we're becoming more and more distracted. And it, it, what it does is it begins to choke God's word in our life because we don't have time and, we, and our, our thoughts are not there. And the enemy, by the way, there's so much, there's good stuff on the internet and there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet. And it's constantly pumping stuff into our, so I, I would just encourage you to do this. You, you want to, people say, but I, I need to hear what the Lord is saying to me. One of the best things to do is put some things away. Fast for, there's some websites that I just fast, like 
I'm on a May fast. I love sports. And uh, I'm fasting ESPN this, this month because I found I could spend a lot of time there and I, I don't want to. And so I'm going I'm to fast that. Does this make sense? If the reality is in your hand, if that's the biggest reality in our life, then we, we come and we talk about God and it's, it's a whole different story. But listen, this is the greatest reality in our life because this other stuff, they can fake it. They can do a whole lot of other stuff with it. It's not even true. We don't even know the source, but this is what we base our eternity on. This is what we base our life on. And if we're not spending any time here and we're spending all of our time watching something and something's getting pumped in, I'm telling you, it steals, it chokes God's word. And so you say, well, everyone, you know, every generation's had distractions. I agree. But the distractions we have today are much more than they were years ago. Because, it, and just honestly, like I said, I'm sitting there at the veterinarians today and I had my phone out and I'm reading, I'm reading articles today. Uh, and just, just going through, waiting for Boudreaux. And so there, you know, I, I'm waiting. But if you'll notice that, even if you're standing in line for two minutes, no one can stand in line anymore without... True? And, and we don't even know how to talk to one another anymore. And how about talking to the Lord? Be sober, be vigilant. Sober means we're clear thinking. We have to think clearly about this. Am I advocating give up the internet? No. Am I advocating throw away your cell phones and go back to a, a, a <laughs> dial phone? I don't even know if they make those anymore. No, I'm not advocating that. I'm advocating that we have to be sober because we have an adversary and his objective is if he can't get you away from God, he'll distract you to the point where the word of God gets choked in our lives. And the thoughts, because here's the thing, when the thoughts begin to come, we need ammunition against it. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So the thought comes, this God business is ridiculous. Why are you even doing that? God doesn't care about you. God doesn't care. He's, there is no God. And those thoughts come. What are you going to do with them? You have to be able to resist those thoughts. You've got to be able to go, oh, no. Oh, no, I believe the love God has for me. I believe God is, and I only that, I believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe he loved me when I was still a sinner, and he sent his son to die for me. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit is real. God is real. Angels are real. There's a realm I can't see, feel, or touch, but it's more real than the realm I'm living in right now. It's real. And what do you do? You have to push back, but we have to be aware. God, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from evil. You're quiet. The good news is he's not an authority in our lives. Colossians, first chapter, verse 13 says this. He, Jesus, has delivered us from the power or authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. I really just had that on my heart, guys, tonight. And uh, I, I've got a lot more notes. We won't get to them tonight. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get nervous. But the, the thing I, I really want to encourage you is make sure that you're getting some input with something that has truth to it. Feed yourself on something that feeds your spirit. Feed yourself on something that strengthens you. 
Have you ever done, and I've done this, have you ever just gotten on and all of a sudden you click on one and then you click on another and you click on another and you look up and you've spent two hours and you go, oh my gosh, where'd that go? I don't know about you. I've rarely ever finished a, a session of watching people fall off bicycles and people sing on YouTube. And after I finished it, I went, man, that was refreshing. <laughs> and I feel energized. I need to do that again. And so I, I'm just saying is it, it's, it's not, it's not helping us. Let me just encourage you fast. A couple of things, pick up your Bible, read it. And when that thought comes, this isn't doing you any good. You go, Oh no, no man doesn't live by bread alone, but man lives by every word of God. And this is feeding me and it's helping me and it's strengthening me. I'm your pastor and I approve of this message. <laughs> so, Next, everyone look straight ahead. There are evil people in the world. Look at me, do not look anywhere else. <laughs> there are evil people in the world. Thessalonians, Paul was praying. Finally, brethren, he said, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. Like verse three, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Paul was praying, said there are evil people in the world. And we're told in the last days, evil people are going to get worse. They were saying, I just believe it's going to get better. Listen, I'm believing and praying for an awakening of God in our, in our church, in our land, in our area. We need it desperately. We need it desperately. We need it desperately. God, awake us as a church. Awake us as a people. I pray that for us. But I pray we need it so much. But we need also need to recognize that we're living in the last days. And in the last days, the Bible said, evil men and imposters will get worse and worse. And so we have to, this is again, why we need to be sober. Sober. You know, there's a, you know, there's a difference. I won't ask you to, no testimonies here, but there's a difference between how you think when you're sober and how you think when you're drunk. People, when they're drunk, they're like, oh man, did I, I just spilled that. I just spilled a hamburger all down my... I didn't even notice that. <laughs> look at that, man. Look at that hamburger all down. I don't care. Sober people are like, dear Lord, I just spilled a hamburger all over myself. <laughs> sober people think differently. And the Bible warns us. It says, be sober. Think soberly. It's not talking about just not drinking. It's talking about sober thinking. Clear-minded. Gosh, if there's any day we need to be clear-minded, it is today. Because there is, a, there is some jacked up stuff going on out there. And I, and I don't have to preach to the choir. You know, there's some jacked up stuff. And, there's some, and what's happening is, it's happening quicker, 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 quicker. All the time. Sober, vigilant. We've got an adversary. We also, there are evil people out there. If you don't think there's evil people out there, that man out in San Jacinto County, Kill five people, dear Lord. And somebody up, up, up in Oklahoma, we're living in a day, guys, there's evil. We live in a fallen world. Galatians, Galatians first chapter, we're about to jump into Galatians at the end of the week in Bible 365. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. We live in a fallen world, it's an evil age, but we must be, a, and, and look at this next one. What you see in Acts 14, 2, 
The unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Did you catch that word? Poison their minds? The unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds. This is why you have to be careful about what you listen to. It can absolutely poison your mind. And here's, here's one thing too. Don't let anyone poison your mind against church. Not just this church, church period. Here way too many people going, oh, I just don't like organized religion. I don't like church. Church hurt me. You know, I got hurt in church. Everybody's been hurt in church because church is made up of people and people hurt people. Suck it up and go on. Church is not the problem. Nasty people are the problem. And as long as we have church, nasty people come and say things, but don't let anybody poison your mind against church. Because next thing you do, you're out of church and you need church because you need to be reminded that God is good, that he is real, that there are other people that believe like you do. It will help you. It will strengthen you. And when you leave here, you won't have to go, oh dear God, what was that? You have to go, I feel better. This is good. I worship. I heard God's word. I'm ready. Let's go out. We're ready to meet the day. We're ready to go. But don't let anybody poison your mind. There's too, there's too much out there. Don't be listening to everybody who deconstructed their faith. Please. If you left your faith, I'm going to pray for you and hope you repent and come back. But I'm not going to listen to why you left and the church hurt you. And I, Listen, I understand people have been hurt in church. I'm sure people have been hurt in this church. And it's, it's, I got hurt in church and Joy got hurt in church and everybody's been hurt in church. <laughs> but there's a lot of good churches out there with a lot of good people and a lot of good leadership and they're trying hard and they're not perfect, but they're doing everything they can to stand against the darkness and be a force for light and good in a community and in an area. Don't let anybody poison your mind. We're on it tonight, guys. I so, I so wish you could be here because these people are very excited. Are they excited? Well, if you're online, you can't tell. (laughs) Here's the last one. Uh, We're talking about deliver us from evil. Don't sow seeds of evil. Romans 12, 21. We'll end with this one. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Actually, Actually, this is that great laundry list that Paul is going through when he's talking to the Romans. He said... um, I'm just going to read this to you. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's my holiday verse. Right. When when all the in-laws and all the outlaws come together, as much as within you is, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written, vengeance is mine, I'll repay says the Lord. (laughs) So I'm going to let him handle it. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Hang on a second. That's what I want to do, bless God. I want to put some coals of fire on his head (laughs) and burn him to the ground. No, that's not what it was talking about. That's That's a cultural thing where actually to help get a fire started, they would give you coals to start your fire. You had it in a basket. It would not burn you to the ground. Sorry, 
Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So it's talking about, hey, we don't want to sow seeds of evil. We don't want to sow bad seeds. Sometimes people get themselves in a situation. I had a, a guy when I was at Lakewood years ago, I'll never forget, he came to me, he said, he said, man, Alan, I got fired from my job. It's the devil. It's the devil, man. The devil stole my job. I said, really? He said, the devil stole? I said, yeah. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, I was late. I said, how often? He said, two weeks. I said, you were late every day for two weeks? He said, yeah. I said, newsflash. That was not the devil. That was you. And, and so, you know, and, and he hopefully saw the, the wisdom of that. But, um, it, you know, sometimes you can sow bad seeds. It, it just, well, you know that. You're speeding down the highway and you see a blue light. You're like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, help me. Oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, help me, help me. Oh, oh, Jesus, help me. If you get a ticket, it's because you were speeding. But you can't pray for mercy. Mercy, Lord, mercy. And you can't use this one, but I use the pastor card. God stopped me one time on the way to Dallas because there's a million of them on the way to Dallas. And he stopped me one time and he said, uh, he said, uh, this your car? I said, well, actually it belongs to the church. I'd never forget. He, he took his back. He went, are you a, he said, are you a preacher? I said, yeah. I'd already told him that I'm a concealed carry person and I had, I had a weapon in the car. So I had my, my, my hands crossed. He told me, he looked at me, he said, sir, he said, you can remove your hands. I said, officer, I have a weapon in the vehicle. He said, sir, I've been in law enforcement for 35 years. I know a dangerous person. You are not a dangerous person. <laughs> I don't really know if I appreciate that or not. You know? <laughs> and then when he found out I was a pastor, he said, you're a pastor and you have a gun in the car. And I was about to give him a very wise answer, but he said, well, I guess the bad guys don't ask if you're a pastor at all, do they? I said, no, sir, they don't. He said, slow down, pastor. There's a lot of us up ahead. No ticket. You cannot do that. I can do that. You may not do that. You can play the Christian card, but don't try the pastor card because you would be lying and sowing bad seeds. Don't be overcome with evil. Well, Next week, we'll, we'll try to figure out the, the other three-fourths of my notes. All right, you ready? <laughs> Let's take a moment and pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're so good, grateful for your goodness. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. You've been good to us and merciful to us. Lord, I ask that you would help steer us away from temptation and, and deliver us from evil. People who are listening, people who are here, who are dealing with evil, and the enemy has attacked them, Father, I thank you that you have delivered us from the power and authority of darkness and, that, and Satan has no place in us. And we resist him in Jesus' name. We resist the thoughts. We resist the feelings. Anything that would pull us away from you. And we thank you for that. So thank you for helping us, making us aware of what the environment we live in is. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and you said, Alan, I... I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't even know if, I'm, if I've made him the Lord of my life or I know I did a, a while back, but I've gotten away from him and I want to I come back, man. I'll, I want to come home. We're going to pray and uh, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. But if that's you 
and you would like our prayers, would you just shoot your hand up real quick across this auditorium and say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thanks. Thank you. Great. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Pray this out loud with us. We're going to pray with you as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, those who have stepped right out of darkness into your light, and those who have come back home. We rejoice with them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer with us, there's a, there's a card right by your feet that says um, yes. If you take a moment and fill it out, or you can, you can scan that, and we'll get that information, and we'll pray for you every week. We love you guys. We're praying for you. May the Lord bless you, protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday.